Hi, I'm Jamie Stegmeyer, and you're listening to Board Chitless. Hey there, Chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Sam. Daz. And Tristan. And this week we've been playing Wingspan. Yay! Everyone, everyone wants a piece of this game, apparently, if you speak to people on the internet. Um, so, Wingspan, it's a competitive bird collection engine building game. It's basically points salad for one to five players. You each get a play map, which is beautifully illustrated and painted. And you get to play birds into your sort of bird reservation nature park. Giant aviary. Giant aviary. You're trying to attract them with berries and caterpillars and nuts and see if you can get them all to get a little bit jiggy and lay eggs and produce more birds in a nutshell. And in an eggshell. eggshell. <laughs> yeah, in an eggshell. Did everyone have fun with it? Did everyone enjoy the game? It's good for puns, but oh, this will save you excellent all of those. Excellent for puns. There we go. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we're, we're going to have to have an embargo on these. Okay, we've all got five seconds to get the egg puns out of your heads. <laughs> it was excellent. We already did that one. I can't really think. We've had that example. Egg, exactly. We <laughs> used them all in the three hours of playing this. So. This is so exasperating. We, um, we explored the entire oeuvre of the egg pun genre. You see what I did there? That was a French pun for the learned people amongst you. Oof. Because one egg is an oof. It's never an oof. What, 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 what about, what about plural? Did I just say open? did, <laughs> <laughs> yep. You opened the egg. And we've used so many, we've had to go to another language <laughs> to unlock more puns. That we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that was French with lecky. Never to be repeated. I so. enjoyed it, yeah. <laughs> the puns of the game. <laughs> well Both. Keeping it real. Both. Keeping it back to the podcast. Yeah. Merged together to create a beautiful experience. The couple of games we played... Um, yeah, were fun. Picked it up pretty quickly first time around. Lots of different mechanisms going on. You're kind of jumbling different sort of strategies as you, as you go along with the different bonus cards that, that kind of pop up. Didn't really feel like I mastered it, but I don't think anyone will. I was kind of keeping an eye on other people's games as I was going around. Theme-wise, I think that was the only thing that I struggled with a little bit. It just seemed a bit disconnected. It looks lovely, but the the birds you get, you know, you're just looking at the points, um, the, the combos or their like special abilities didn't really seem to relate that much to what the bird was. Yeah. But there's obviously subtle differences between birds. and yeah. The, so, yeah, that was the, my the, experience. The bird powers, like they activate, yeah. when activated, do this sort mm. of powers on the bird cards. Felt a bit more contextual, didn't it, to like the habitat maybe than the birds themselves, mm. like. I had some cool birds that were like birds of prey and so they would like kill and eat other birds and then you'd, you'd stick those cards underneath the birds um, and that got your victory points. Yeah, that and worked. then there was an, I had another in the last game then we, we played two games in the second game I had a tart bird and whenever like your guys <laughs> would do something on your turns it would lay an egg and so <laughs> it was like um, it had this weird ability like whilst you know out of the turn cycle yeah. you could do stuff. But they all had those like strange combo sort of yeah. things that you so, mostly do on your I, own turn. I will, sorry, yeah. I'll take that back a little bit because that w there was one right at the end, which was the duck that carries another little duck. Um, do you remember, did you, yeah, you mentioned like the, the illustration? The it was like, is that a cute little, and yeah, um, the special ability for that was the person with the least amount of water ones gets an extra one. So it gives you a little helping lift. Ah, it's back. Little catch up. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So 
some of them connected <laughs> with yeah what their ability was i guess you're playing birds down to then fuel other birds in the long run so you're gathering food to pay for the birds the more birds you get in an area you need eggs to hatch the birds so you can gather your eggs and then you also draw more cards so you're researching the birds i suppose would be a like attracting them yeah yeah baiting so- them so you've got you've got a tableau, um, a player board in front of you, haven't you? And there's like yeah. three habitats are there. You've got wetlands, grasslands, and like forests or woods. I think thematically, I think the food is meant to attract them in, and then they lay eggs and like spawn other birds and stuff. The more abundance of food, the more birds you can get. Kind of yeah, thing. and um, the more birds that you get into one particular habitat, the more expensive they become to place down by into spend eggs. So you're having to like hatch them. Because nesting areas become a premium. Oh, right, really? It's competition. <laughs> so so each card represents like a flock of birds rather than a single bird. It's like a species, you spend yeah. multiple eggs, don't you, to, yes. to hatch one bird kind of thing. The, the more you have, the more eggs it costs to yeah. put more birds down. And then the more you have, the, the better the abilities get. So you, you've got like three different, four different actions you can do. You can either play a bird or you can create some eggs or you can gather food to attract the birds. And then there's one other, uh, draw cards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, which are the bird cards, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so and, and so the more birds you play, like, as you said, like you're playing a bird is a dead turn because you're literally just bringing a bird into play. But then the more birds you play, the better the ability that you've played, yeah. it, the row that you've played it onto gets. So you can draw more cards or you can lay more eggs yeah. or you can gather more food. So most of the birds have a, an ability that activates when you take that action. That's yeah. how yeah. it works. And you work through the... That's the your engine, isn't it? Yeah. So the, yeah. And so if you play an action, you've got like four birds in that action row. Each of those birds will trigger each time you play an action. Yeah, they cascade down, don't yeah. they? So you don't always have to do that ability. I think you can elect to not. If um, it's going to cost you like resources and you want to keep them, then you can just move on to the next one. Or sometimes you do what I did and then you you activate your birds and then realize that you didn't actually save up your resources and eggs required <laughs> every like turn every every single turn <laughs> and you just mutter under your breath and carry on it was quite nice it's nice watching um that engine sort of build up and take place it seemed that in the first round we all put about three birds down into the table then we had about 11 or 12 by the end of the second game and it's um it's one of those sorts of games where it feels like there's an overabundance of options so that you want to fill out this lovely tableau of birds, but really you've just got this like sad little gang in the corner <laughs> of wet geese. I think I think that it does start to feel like that, but because you have the objectives for each round, you are more targeted to what you're going for. It's not just... So you've got your own engine that you're trying to achieve, yeah. as well as trying to hit the targets for each round. So at first you start building your engine and going, all right, well, I'm going to go for the birds of prey and start munching away through those. But if that doesn't line up with the points that you're going to get from the rounds, you can't just rely on that solely. So you have to invest in like the uh, different types of nesting birds, loading up eggs onto certain types of nesting birds, um, just the number of birds that you can have out, things like that. So you, your engine is separate to the point scoring system. It fuels it, but it's it's not yeah. like your engine itself doesn't give you the points almost. Because you've also got your own personal bonuses as well, yeah. end game objectives. So you're building an engine around that as well. So it, it's got to be quite... I want to say a fluid engine. <laughs> yeah. Um, in order to account for all the different targets. And they, they're kind of like moving goalposts as well. You can see what they are, but you're trying to hit 
a target and yeah. get the most points out of it whilst also stopping your opponents getting points. And once that round's done, so you could have um, a particular criteria where it's the most eggs in the wetlands wins the most points. And then that's like the third round. And by the time you've done that in round four, those eggs become victory points at the end of the game, but no longer useful for that one particular thing you were saving them up for. And it feels like, oh, I've put a load of effort into doing that and now it's completely redundant. Let's yeah. move on to getting the most birds out on the tableau. It did add a bit of a strategy around just skipping around objectives to get ready for the next one if you think you can you yeah. get anywhere near it. Yeah. Suck it off. What was nice about the game is that pretty much anything that's on the player board by the end of the game scores a victory point or a certain amount of victory points. So if you've cashed up food tokens on birds or you've tucked cards under the birds to represent a bigger flock or you've just got um, like, you know, one or two victory point bird sounds just to fill out the numbers that's all scoring your points and it's all building you up and those little remaining eggs that you've got left over will also like help you score um i've I read of, online there's like loads of people saying it's just a like an egg spamming game where like the last few turns it's just get eggs out and then build up your victory points that way but i don't think we ever actually did that we were more concerned with building up that um those little extra bonus cards and well, stuff I, and making sure we're scoring them i tried that in that first game um just bringing out loads of eggs in the last round but I brought them out into the wrong birds and missed my own personal objectives <laughs> and just shot myself in the foot and end up losing as a result of it I also yeah. forgot that um, the actual bird itself when you play play it has a value for victory points so I was getting quite concerned about the special uh, getting these combos working um, like on the last game there was that eagle thing I played right at the end and I forgot that you need to activate it. So I, I thought it would instantly get its um, special ability, realised it didn't. But then I realised, though, it had five victory points that it was worth anyway. So Yeah, yeah um, some of them have like, get... like high victory point costs and rubbish abilities. So you'll go for another one that's got a better ability, like, oh, I could use this every turn. And then you're like, ah, but if I play that one, then I'll get more points at the end sort of thing. Those victory points build up really quickly without you really noticing as well. So you can feel like you're lagging behind and you're not actually our second game was really quite close there wasn't you know that many points between everyone in the first game there wasn't many points between you guys there, and then there was me <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there wasn't an easy way to tell at a glance no if anyone was doing any good like there was in the first game um sam had tons of eggs at the end and we were all like oh well you've, you've got it and you weren't even close it was like you were third i think from yeah. from winning and and then in the second game, there was a, a variety of objectives and no one had a clue who was winning or anything yeah. like that. So you've got this weird thing where you're all sat in your own corner doing your own thing, vaguely paying attention to what everybody else is doing, but just trying to sort of maximise your turns without a clear sort of view. You know, if you had a victory point tracker that was going around the board or something, yeah, at least you'd have a sense of, look, I'm scoring, ha-ha, <laughs> look, I've overtaken you. But in this, there's none of that. You're just like... Okay, well, we played that game for 90 minutes and then at the end of it, oh, you won. Oh, right, yeah. that's a nice surprise sort of thing. So it's kind of hard um, to to get a, a scope on that. Like in Scythe, that kind of game, yeah, you, you can look at the stars, board state and yeah. go, oh my God, you know, I've got two territories and, you know, uh, Daz has got 15 territories. I can see where this is going sort of thing. And you, you've got that sense of urgency and, and stuff. Whereas in this, you're like, I got more birds. I, d I did another bird. Yeah, I think it's easy to see per objective as it's out. So like the, the end of round objectives, you could fairly easily see where everyone was up to and decide whether to invest in it or not. But because of the, all the hidden cards, you didn't know what anyone else was really going for. Well, we so, were literally, it got to the point where we were asking everyone what, 
around the table, wasn't it? It's yeah. like, how, so how close are you to getting this objective, Daz? <laughs> You've got five of those. I've got four, so I need to play one more to screw your score. <laughs> and how? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a competitive game, but it feels a bit like it's on the softer side of the competitive. Like, most of the information's public, how much of that information you're actually going to glean from it because I'm not spending most of my turn just staring at your buttress and going like, he's got 12 birds there. There's like 13 eggs, but he's going to spend some of those eggs to buy some more birds. He's got a lot of food. I'm just going to kind of glance over, cack my pants and then try and <laughs> flounder around a bit longer with my own player board. Yeah, there is, everybody's doing their own thing. And there's kind of, first of all, as I said, there's no visual to recognise how well everybody's doing at a glance kind of thing. But secondly, it would take so long to figure out what everybody else is doing yeah. You, know, you might as well just concentrate on what you're doing. And and once we got the gameplay down, the turns, you know, it's... They, fl- they fly by. You, you take one turn at a time, like yeah. a, a euro, you know, and everybody's got the same number of actions. That number slowly depletes over the course of the, of the game. But then your actions themselves go longer because you can do more things, because yeah. you get more birds down. Um, so that kind of balances out. There's faster turns at the beginning and then slower turns at the end when each yeah. turn that you do does more. When the combos start to really and come into it. In. Yeah, because like the, your first turns are literally like grab two eggs, get some food, you know, put a bird down. And it's quite nice to see it all develop. I think the, the biggest, the most complicated part of the game that I could tell was deciding when we need to re-roll the food dice. And it was like, do we do it now? There's one dice left or because there's three dice with the same... Simple on it. Can we do it now? Have we discussed those yet? There's, We've five, not, no. there's five dice, isn't there? That yeah. roll at the start of the game, and that and they're each like a critter or a, a type of food, isn't it, for the birds? Yeah. yeah so it's like grain, fruit, um, invertebrates, little mammals, and fish. fish. And there's five different categories of food. There's five dice, so you could, in theory, be able to pick out five different types. But usually, you'll get a couple that double up, and when you collect food, you have to take a dice from the dice pool that's been rolled. And you can't, so if you need mice and there's only one mouse dice out there, then once you've claimed it, that's it, the mice are gone. And you have to wait until they get re-rolled again before you can try and get them. You can spend um, two food tokens for one. If you, you know, so if you wanted to spend two grain instead of one mouse, you can do if you're putting a bird down and you're desperate to get it out there. But it was, it was nice because it, um, there'd be certain times where I thought, I'm going to get food this round. And then you look at the state of the pool and it's like, got two corn and a mouse i'm not i'm not touching that i'm gonna wait for someone else to deplete it then roll and get the good stuff again and there's little things like that in the game that just like nice little quirks really i liked how when like with the wetlands mainly like car drawing and wetlands birds will kind of buff drawing them and then the um forest birds will generally mess around with um give you more food so by the end of the game you get like six food each time you do the food collection action which was quite nice quite cool yeah if, if you build a row it's quite satisfying if oh, you've got yeah. like five birds in a row and then you like go to do a food action and you can trigger all five of those birds you're like you go from having nothing in your supplies to like 10 supplies in one go or that's what it looked like you guys were doing anyway every time i did it i was <laughs> producing a worm yeah. <laughs> or a berry yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange one i remember when i was explaining the rules to everyone i was like right these are the bonus cards for the end of the game pick one based on what sort of birds you've got in your hand and then you can get more in the game if you get a bird that lets you but you'll never see that i only saw one in my like my previous game first game that we played it never happened and then in the second game we all ended up with like four bonus cards each you all scoring did. loads of points <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but at least we didn't score off any of them <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself i scored off each one of mine i was excellent ornithologist you were excellent 
No. Oh, no, no we're not doing not, that. We're not doing it. Time out. Time out. Phrasing. Daz mentioned earlier, like the theme was a bit sort of like loose to the game where you didn't feel like the, the bird powers were all that relevant, really. Mm. I kind of agree with you on that score in terms of the gameplay, but they have doubled down in terms of like theming, like the amount of information on the card. Like there's flavor text, Tristan. Bird flavor text. Bird flavor text. This is what you were no missing. Cow. You wanted you wanted cow flavor text, didn't you? In Great exactly. Western Trail, and now you've got bird flavor exactly. text. And it occupied me. I knew that you know, like the eastern crane is like the yeah. fifth largest crane in the world, or whatever. Um, it's an ornithologist's dream. This game, it and it's really even got is. the Latin names of the birds underneath the regular names of the birds. Yeah, and some of the scoring cards make you pay attention to what the names are as well. It's like if this is yeah. named after a person, you know, if you have birds named after a person, game points. If you have Birds that have got a colour in the name gain points. Yeah. Uh, or a body part, I think you had Sam, didn't you? Yeah. Birds named after a... Elbow. <laughs> it was like Beak, Bill. Oh, okay. Would Bill count for the name of a person and the name of Definitely. a Definitely. Bill. Definitely. Bill's would Bill. <laughs> Geographical ones as well. That was another one. Yeah. yeah. The game designer was Elizabeth Hargrave. Um, she's obviously obviously done, a fan of birds she's done a hell of a lot of research into birds the size of birds compared to other birds there's a nice little world map in the corner of the cards as well that says where you can find these birds in real life like i think they've all been taken from north america but they're also available in europe you know like the arctic or whatever I actually noticed that That's yeah it's a lot on those cards isn't it, it is the, are yeah. you a bird fan lucky is that what drove you to this game i'm not a bird fan um it's the artwork that drove me to it. And also there was the game seemed to be in such high demand that was like, it must, it must be, it's worth looking at. It's definitely worth having a look and at. And it's a Stonemaier game. You know, like you're going to yeah. get the, the component quality is fantastic as usual. The it's, storage uh, of the components and everything's great. Yeah. You've got a little dice tower for the dice. Which is a birdhouse, which, which is, is really bird. nice. Yeah. The, well, um, the, you have been drooling over that rule book though. The rule all book. All day. It's a linen, <laughs> linen finish. Linen finish rule book, which is just insane absolutely insane the, like he was pretending to look up rules almost entirely through the game just rubbing, to touch the rule book rubbing my face against it um literally but, yeah the, i think the the sort of the only part about this game that isn't premium is the um scoring pad i thought you were the game is yeah well, no, the, game, I haven't, the game's decent um but like all the little eggs are nice you've got little egg miniatures in different colors which don't have to be in different colors it says in the rule book ignore the colors but they got them in different colors just to add a bit of spice you know and variety to it like the cardboard tokens are just cardboard tokens and that's that's the worst thing you can say about the game is that the cardboard tokens are like too cardboardy the player boards are lovely they've got like thick a cardboard so they're very yeah thin, yeah <laughs> Like 300 GSM, I think, like Tristan yeah. just does halfway through the game and put it out. Um, and then the player boards, the back of the it is like all as well, leather print. Yeah, the dice are lovely. They're yeah, like they've oversized got a nice wooden. Almost too blocks. big for the dice tower. Mm. The dice, <laughs> the dice tower is not that bird house. Yeah, the dice tower is not that, that well designed. The amount of times that I tried to put the dice at the back, I was probably came in at an awkward <laughs> angle, but then half them just spill over the table. It's very cute though. It's like a birdhouse in the middle of the table. It is. It, it makes it an event, doesn't yeah. it? Because there's sometimes where you're that desperate for what's coming up next because you, you know, pushing your luck trying to get the, the certain type of food. So. Even if somebody else is rolling, you're keen on what they're going to roll because yeah, that's going to potentially affect your turn later on. Yeah. Definitely. It's unnecessary, but also cool. Yeah, well, I feel like... Well, the, the, te- the tower. The tower, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but board games are sort of like moving towards that sort of realm, aren't they? Like with Everdell, where you've got like what a is tree. basically... A, yeah, but it's basically Completely a token unnecessary stand. tree. Yeah. But it's, it stands up on the table and it stands out. And but yeah, it creates a focus point, doesn't immersion. it? Immersion. Same, same with Wingspan. Um, 
And we're probably just going to see more of that sort of stuff in I'm, the future. I'm all for that. Yeah, it's nice. It makes it... Uh, the, the game wasn't cheap, really, for what the game is. Um, I think I paid about £53 for it at Expo, so How maybe much? paid a premium £53. I don't know what the actual MS... Is it MSRP, the RRP? RIP? Yeah. So, P&P. But, and I think a lot of that cost has gone into production values. I don't know if it was... It'd be like James Stegmaier and Stonemaier that were saying, we've got a certain sort of... Um, like bar that we've set with our previous games that we need to uphold. So we're going to do this. Or if Elizabeth as a designer just sort of went mental when all the, um, you know, the, like print sort of samples came and she's like, linen finished wool books. Why the hell not? Like <laughs> it, it won't slip from your hands if you've got greasy fingers. I doubt the designer would have had much to do with that. I think you reckon. Yeah. That's reckon a problem. More development. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's a staple of the Stonemaier games, isn't it? To have the super high quality components yeah. and stuff. Some uh, of the quality felt better than previous stuff as well. It was like, ramped up again I think you couldn't complain about the quality of this game and the cards no, are nice no, not at all and the containers as well the cards are nice little neat packing and unique artwork as well it even tells Every you how single... to pack the box back up yeah yeah. it does <laughs> it's got a little key on the side of the box and it's like you put the rule books at the bottom and then you put this on top of the dice tray goes next graphic design's clear simple easy Lovely. to read once, once you know what you're looking for and you know like Definitely. oh this, this has a pebble bird nest this bird yeah. or this bird has a uh, cavity bird nest or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we've learned a lot about nests tonight, haven't we? That's, we have. Yeah. yeah, different different types of birds have different types of nests. There's a wild nest, which is like an all star nest. Yeah. Put your eggs anywhere, somewhere to crash. Yeah, <laughs> platform platform nests, cavity nests. And echoes Daz's point about the theme for me personally. I, I, it, the, if if you love birds, I think this will be a cracking game. Yeah, but thematically, I'd. I, didn't really massively understand who we were. Were we the birds or were we the... We were like the, the sort of aviary... The game doesn't even know, though. It, like, when you open the rule book, it says, you're playing as ornithologists, twitchers, bird researchers, bird people. Bird spotters. Bird... Birds. <laughs> um, but... Um, like in, in Everdale, for example, you, you, yeah. you're clearly building a city and you're filling it with... And it's kind of what you're doing here. But I just... I think... It's like it's like with Great Western Trail where you, you're making cows. If you love cows, <laughs> then you've got, you know, that to look yeah. forward to. And if you love birds in Wingspan, yeah. it's the same thing. Um, as it being, being a good Euro, though, a sort of Euro-style game, like the theme could literally be anything and the game would work really well. Like this could have been like, you know, we're car collectors bringing cars to a concourse show. So like you've just got different engine sizes and types of cars and all that sort of stuff. And it'll work just as well. You'd need all the unique artwork and stuff. I think there's a lot of passion's gone into the box, into the game itself. And that really shows, like, the game's called Wingspan. And each bird's wingspan's put down to the nearest centimetre, which is just a really lovely touch. It's not always useful. There's about four or five cards in the game that actually take advantage of it. But it's nice. It all ties in nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nothing gone to waste. I just shudder to think of the Excel spreadsheet that went to the printers. <laughs> the, was it the data merge, Daz? Uh, don't mention the data merge. <laughs> yeah, that would have been flashbacks. <laughs> it's on Board Game Geek as a mid-weight game. I think it's a three out of five on their complexity rating. I'd probably put it more to a 2.5, you know, middle of the road. Sort of a Seven Wonders style, you know, you're going to sit down, learn the game really quickly, play it really quickly. Um, it's a great game to teach people. It's, um, I've not really taught people game mechanics since um, Galaxy Truckers years and years ago. 
And uh, you did a great job, Lecky. And we were up and running after a couple of turns, weren't after we? A couple so. of, I think we had to wreck on a game. And the, then, the dice yeah. thing took a while to process, but I don't think that was your teaching. It was just like trying no. to get. When do we re-roll this? Yeah, there's there is a couple um, after reading the rules and then playing with you guys. There's a couple of rules that we have to go to Board Game Geek and sort of get a second opinion on. I know Jamie Stegmaier has responded quite personally to a lot of rules queries on there, and it would have been nice for it to be a bit clearer in the rule book. But there is there's a a long rule book that gives you loads of details about the cards and the card powers. Then there's an appendix with a sort of quick play guide for when you're playing with new people. And then that's got all the bird powers in there and the end of round abilities and stuff. So they've done a, a de- fairly decent job there. It's just one or two things sort of fl- slip through the net. It's not really a lot to grumble about. I just suppose it's a question of, is this a game that you're going to enjoy? Is it a theme that you're going to enjoy? Some. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sam loves the birds. Yeah. I mean, I, was... I, I don't. I, lo- I thought that... <laughs> and it's not what we heard. <laughs> I don't know whether to defend this anymore or not. Um, I, I enjoyed the game and that's why I wanted to play it again. Um, it was good fun, not too heavy. It was quite, yeah. quite a light game, I'd say. Definitely. But it was it was good fun. It, was, it felt quite quick. Picked it up pretty quickly, the rules. The theme... is. No, it doesn't really do anything for me, but I don't think it took away from the game at all. It didn't distract me from what yeah. I was doing. It was just, it was there. And I think having like the eggs and the food and stuff, it did tie in the theme into yeah. the mechanics. Yeah, they lean into it heavily in um, terms of aesthetics. Invested in it, yeah. But I think it I think it paid off what it was. Yeah, I'd probably like to see a different theme. Didn't think I'd be as on board as, with it as it as was. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. That's Yeah, I think you give them credit for going out and building it around such a unique, not done before as far as I'm aware, theme um in the in the gaming world. Um and they've they've gone with it, picked a style and they've gone absolutely thorough as you as you can. Um so yeah, um, it. I mean, it, yeah, it. What wouldn't be my theme of choice? But as I was playing it, yeah, all, all, all the different elements were there um, that came together really nicely. It, I guess it was the thing about who you were but bothered me a little bit to start with. Um, am I sort of like a bird god? Am I? <laughs> yeah, you, you never uh, think. Am I Bill Oddie <laughs> watching from afar? You, you never sort of co- coercing them into <laughs> whatever he bird, wants them to do. <laughs> I got over that pretty quickly and enjoyed it. Like Sam was was up for a second game. Um, Everybody was, weren't yeah, they? As yeah, soon as yeah. we finished the first game, we were all happy to just set it up and have another bash at it straight yeah. away and get stuck into the all the different engine building tactics. And yeah, so that first game we played, I had the Birds of Prey, and that was like that sort of clinched it really. That you know, collecting all those um, birds, dead, that, dead bodies, the dead birds, <laughs> killing the birds, that was the bird slayer. Um, and, and that was one sort of tactic and, and also played into the cards that had been dealt and everything. I just happened to have a scoring card that said, use the birds of prey sort of thing. Uh, and managed to, to get a bunch into my hand. But in the next game, there was, I didn't do any of that. I had a completely different set of objectives, completely different bird types that we were going for. Yeah. The, the shared objectives were completely different to the first game as well. And far more competed over, I think. I think in the first game, it just happened to be someone would win the objective each round. In the second game, we often were drawing, like yeah. we were all sort of hitting the objectives at the same point kind of thing. And I tried to comp- to pursue a completely different strategy, which is great because it means that the next time you play it, you've got a completely yeah. different set of options and 
um, variety in, in the bird. And the bird deck itself, like, how many cards are there? Um, there is 170 yeah. unique bird it's cards. massive. A lot of them are fairly similar. There's like, you know, there's like an African swallow versus European swallow and like <laughs> slightly different You're abilities. a film, like Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I did it for, did it for lols. Um, there's um, like, there's a lot of repeating bird powers that'll come out. Um, very similar bird powers and there's also like very similar artwork but you do, they are different birds. They've got different stats. And you, you won't be always employing them for their abilities. You'll be wanting oh, them no. for the nest types, the number of eggs they can carry, yeah. the and, and you'll be collecting bird cards to discard for effects, like to help you hatch more eggs or to get more food and things like that. Yeah. So you'll always be going through and experiencing a, a variety of different cards and different hands yeah. um, every time you play. Spamming um, the draw ability to get more and more cards in the hand. I think at one point, because there's no... The, what I do like about this game is that it's very laissez-faire about hand size. Like, there's no hand size limit. There's no limit to how many tokens you can have in your food pool. It says if you run out of any food token in the supply, start, you know, cutting up your curtains and using them as proxies <laughs> or whatever. You just get more out there, get more really out there. I really wish you hadn't done that. Like, I, well, you know, I've done you a favour in the long run. Um, but what it does do is once you've filled out your habitats, so you've got like five birds out in your grasslands, they're not going anywhere. Um, there might be a couple of birds that allow you to move them around the, um, the whole, from one habitat to another. There might be a bird that comes in and lets you like replace a bird, but you're not going to see that very often. So if you filled up a habitat with really cheap cards for short-term effects in the early game, you're going to really pay a price for that in the long game. So it makes me think twice about you know making some decisions as you go along. So it's nice. And also the tie breaks... So at the end of the round, if you're playing the super competitive version where there's a first, second, third and fourth position, if you're quite complacent and you let someone else get the same amount of like eggs in a certain nest as you, then you split the um, victory points between you. And if there's a third person, you split them between all three of you and round down. So there's one or two occasions where like two or three people came first. And then by the time the points were diluted, you were better off just coming second or third. But if you hadn't come second or third you risk the person in first place taking all the points for themselves exactly kind of thing. yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a clever little it's design. nice and it doesn't swing the game one way or the other really because you no. can you, you can, can catch up yeah and I think you could probably tootle along at your own pace just doing your own thing and uh, concentrating on eggs and bird combos and stuff and yeah. pay massive attention to the shared objectives and you, still score highly because you can get a similar amount of victory points from your own objectives as well and it was only into the second game really where um i started picking up cards that got you to draw new sort of objectives so you, you could if you had like three or four of those you could just completely try and achieve those instead of getting involved in the ruckus for the the end of round bonuses yeah um which didn't work for me in the second <laughs> round but I think yeah. I think if you score one, you're still sort of in the game. Yeah, like you don't have to, but it's. It, I think it's just better for your own sort of mental well-being. <laughs> and it added, yeah, it added the element of us having a bit of a nose at each other's board and seeing what was going on. And, yeah, it brings, uh, brings yeah. a bit more player interaction yeah. into it, and you actually pay more attention yeah. to what's happening there. Otherwise, you would, yeah, you would completely be in your your own world. I'd like to play this again. Um, it's got some automa rules with it, as all Stone Meyer games really do. Um, so I don't. Um, Martinson Peterson's been involved with this one, or he's been handed off to uh, someone else. But there's about 16 cards that it comes with. There's like a round tracker and some uh, behavior cards as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they play 
how the um, the AI players um, interact with you and how you get on with them. If they like steal stuff from the supply or just rinse those like food tokens, be interesting to see. Um, and that's about it, really. There's not a lot more that you can say about Wingspan, I don't think, without um, really scraping the barrel of conversation. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Board Chitlers. Well, yeah, well, so let's get scraping. Um, if you've been playing Wingspan solo with the Automa settings or you've been uh, playing with your mates and you've, there's something about the game that you really want to get across to us, then please get onto uh, the Board Chitlers Facebook group. You can contact us on Twitter and at board underscore chitless. And you can comment on SoundCloud as well. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. And tell all your mates about us because that'll be really lovely. Until next time then, I'll see, see you later. Bye-bye. Toodles. Bye-bye. Bye.